listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. Love the program. You're already famous in Rochester. The Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program coming to you from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. Zach Barletta has the week off as we bring you a highlights edition of the Beyond the Game program, bringing to you some segments that we've done previously in the year. We do hope you'll enjoy them. We'll also bring you a updated, brand new Red Hawks recap relevant for this week. So I guess that means that it's an abbreviated time in the studio for me, and I sort of have the week off myself. So why don't we get started, shall we? This first segment comes from our February 22nd broadcast. We talk about outfielder Bryce Harper turning down $300 million and golfer Matt Kuchar getting criticized for paying a fill-in caddy more than what he had originally agreed to pay him. All this money in sports, we you talk about it all the time. I'm going to share with you a parable from Matthew 20, where Jesus explains how God's distributions of blessings and, and of his grace don't always make sense, but they're always right. I hope you'll enjoy it. Here's that segment from February 22nd. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, recording in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. We're talking sports from a faith-based point of view. Giving you some things I know you won't hear on most other sports talk radio programs. You and I both know, Zach, money has a funny effect on people. Of course, neither one of us has much money, so we only know that (laughs) by seeing how it affects other people. And to be sure, you know, some people do some very good things with money when they come into it. I'm not necessarily saying that in every situation money ruins people. Although I think that often happens, they are just, I, I don't know, they're they are different in some ways. And I've never really been one who's been motivated by money. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a buck as much as the next guy. You know, I, I, I certainly like to have money, but it's never been a real deciding factor for me. By that, I mean, it's never been something that has motivated me to keep a job or stay in, in a job. I would never tell somebody what's enough. I, you know, that's none of my business. I have my thoughts. I do, but I, I have, I have no idea what goes into another person's judgment of what is a acceptable lifestyle for them to lead. I'll admit it. I wonder at times, especially when you got missionaries and ministries hurting for money. And then you see people living in huge houses with many empty rooms. They have a lot of stuff or even worse, ministry leaders doing this or charging absurd amounts of money to come and speak somewhere. It just seems like, okay, I get it. The laborer is worthy of their hire, but you're charging nearly $100,000 to go somewhere and share the gospel? That's difficult for me to add up. When I look at the whole baseball free agency thing, it's really hard to have sympathy for a guy like Bryce Harper, who reports are now saying has turned down more than one offer of more than $300 million? It doesn't even sound yeah, that like seems something. hard to believe. $300 million and no thanks? You know, there are other things that I would think that goes into it. What type of city are you playing in? Is it a team that has a stable base, the clubhouse? has it? All these things that would seem to me, you're going to get paid anyway. 
whether it's 300 million, whether it's 290 million, if this guy is holding out or holding out, he's just not taking a deal because he wants to be a highest paid in baseball. Doesn't that seem to you like it's missing something? It really does. And I'm having a tough time believing that that report is true because at the time it was offered, all of those contracts would have been the largest in history. He would have accomplished his goal. I got to think if he had that many offers of that magnitude, he'd be on a team right now. But it is weird. The guy wants to be the highest paid. I Okay, great. Good for you. I wish it were me. I have no problem with a guy getting paid. It just seems like it's short-sighted because there are so many other things that would make a bigger difference to me. I'd mm-hmm. want to win somewhere. I'd want to play somewhere where it's stable. And you and I talked about the Matt Kuchar thing a bit. A guy reached an agreement with a caddy, set him out, filling in for his regular guy. Then he goes and wins the tournament. So does the set amount you've agreed on, does that go out the window now that you win? Personally, I think it does. I would pay on the winnings. But then again, and I'm not bragging here, I, I, I'm a big tipper. Look, I don't make a lot of money. So when I see somebody working hard and giving me good service, I, I like to reward it. And I just kind of wonder, all these people that are calling into talk shows, ripping on Matt Kuchar, I wonder what kind of tipper they are. You know, are these yeah. are these people that leave nothing for people in the service industry, and yet they're going to rip a guy like Kuchar? I, look, they, I don't know. They had an agreement. Kuchar did offer him more than uh, and paid him more than what they had actually originally agreed, but nowhere mm. close to perhaps what he should have based on the winnings. Um, but the guy agreed to it. If he didn't want to be paid that little of the winnings, maybe you shouldn't have agreed to it until he raised the amount. You know, like. It's hard to be mad at a guy for paying a guy even more than what he agreed to pay him, even if it wasn't the standard amount. It's like the Christmas bonus. When you get a Christmas bonus and it's a lousy, stinking, next-to-nothing bonus, how do you complain about it? Because it's a bonus. You're not even. It's not even part of your salary. It's just an extra. It's a nicety. You can't complain about that. But then we talked about this because we were on our way to a autograph show, and that morning I'm on my way to pick you up, and some idiot is talking about make, trying to make this into a race thing mm-hmm. because I believe the caddy was Hispanic. I'm not 100% sure. And he was trying to present it like, oh, I wonder if this would have happened if it was a White cat, like come on, you're obviously yeah. pandering here yeah. for callers, trying to make a little controversy. I couldn't even listen; I had to change the station. But I, I don't know why God blesses some more than others. I really don't. For those of us living in America, even our poorest are better off than so many mm-hmm. around the world. There's a parable in Matthew chapter 20 where Jesus tells of a vineyard keeper. First thing in the morning, he hires some laborers, promises a certain amount of money. A few hours later, he hires some more. At that same daily rate, a few hours after that, hires even more. Again, at that same daily rate. Eventually, so towards the end of the day, he hires a few more. And again, promises them that same rate. At the end of the day, it's time to square up. Those that were working from the beginning of the day saw what he had paid the people who had only been there a couple hours and saw that it was the same as what he'd promised them. And they were excited, thinking, oh, we're going to get a little extra here. Look, he's paying them. And you can imagine how they felt when they got what was promised them. Mm-hmm. They were a little disappointed. In fact, in verse 11 of Matthew 20, it says they grumbled. And verses 12 and 13 has this exchange. These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. 
But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? He gave them what he agreed to. It's really not up to you or I to determine what's just and what's fair. God deals with us according to who he is, not according to who we are or what we've done. That's so difficult for us to understand because it's not what we're accustomed to. You do this, you get that. God is able to value in so many other things, such as what will ultimately be done with the reward that's given you. What are your motives? What is your heart? He can weigh things in that you and I can't. God sees the biggest picture possible, but there's more to it than just the vineyard keeper paying his employees. Certainly, he didn't treat anybody unfairly, but he was more generous to some than he was to others. God is never unfair, and it's important to remember that, yet he has a plan. But that plan is based on his purpose for why some are given greater blessings than others, despite the fact that it may seem as though they don't deserve it. God's grace is always right, however he determines to dispense it. Jesus is teaching here in this parable in Matthew chapter 20, the verse 16 verses, that God can give of his goodness not solely based on what it is we deserve. That's what makes his offer of forgiveness of sins so difficult for some people. They're certain that there has to be more to it than just God's grace. It doesn't make sense. God's free gift of mercy and grace is made possible by Jesus' death on the cross and subsequent resurrection three days later. And that doesn't seem like equality because it's not. It seems like we're getting the reward when Jesus did all the work. Not some of it, not most of it, all of it. And that's exactly how it is. On the cross, he paid the penalty of our sins thanks to his mercy. God doesn't give us what we deserve because he gave that to Jesus. And because of his grace, God gives us what we don't deserve, the reward earned by Jesus. Perhaps you don't know what it is to know Christ. God invites you to have a personal relationship with him. You probably know we're all sinners. We're all flawed. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you get in on that offer of God's love and mercy, that free gift of eternal life in heaven with him? He asked just this, that you would admit your sins. Seek forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins is found only at the cross in Jesus Christ. Titus 3.7 says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The old saying of justified just as if I'd never sinned. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I, I hope you'd pray to God. I hope you'd seek his forgiveness. I hope you'd admit your sin and guilt and tell him that you believe he died on the cross for you. You believe he was buried. You believe he rose again. And ask God to forgive you and to help you repent from sin. Romans 10 Verses 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we can help, let us know. You can reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program.
Time now to look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, April 10th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. We'll begin in men's lacrosse where the Red Hawks defeated St. Thomas Aquinas last Saturday, 8-0, recording the first shutout in program history. Cody Menzies led the scoring with four goals for Roberts. Aronda Coit's Pat Hines played the full 60 minutes in goal and made 11 saves on his way to being named the ECC Defensive Player of the Week. Then on Tuesday, Hunter Lemieux scored one of his four goals with just six seconds left in the game to give Roberts its second straight win in men's lacrosse 13-12 over Lake Erie College coming back from a 6-0 first quarter deficit. Hines made 12 more saves in the winning effort. In women's lacrosse, Emily Tomei picked up her 100th point on Monday, scoring five goals to lead Roberts Wesleyan to a 19-8 win over St. Thomas Aquinas. Taylor Nathan also had a nice night for Roberts, coming away with four goals as keeper Victoria Greco made nine saves and recorded her 300th career save in the win. In men's tennis, the week started last Saturday with a convincing 6-1 victory over the University of the District of Columbia on the road. They then followed that up with a 4-0 win over the University of the Sciences on Sunday and a 4-3 win over ECC rival Damon College on Tuesday, running their record to 11-7 overall and 2-1 in the ECC. The men's tennis team will now welcome into the Roberts Wesleyan campus ECC opponent St. Thomas Aquinas College on Friday, April 12th at 4 p.m. and Queens College on Saturday, April 13th at noon. They'll also be hosting Onondaga Community College next Tuesday the 16th at 4 p.m. In other home action this week for the Roberts Wesleyan Athletic Teams, the women's lacrosse team will host the University of Bridgeport on Saturday, April 13th at 1 p.m. The men's lacrosse team next plays at home as part of a doubleheader with the ladies, hosting Malloy College on Saturday, April 20th at 11 a.m., followed by the women at 2. When you can't make it to the games, you can follow all the action at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll find news, scores, highlights, and more. And, of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Zach Barletta, as I said earlier, off this week. So I'm going to introduce to you yet another segment that we did previously this year. We talked about the Cubs' Chris Bryant and the Cardinals' Yadier Molina. 
They had gotten into a little back and forth discussion. We're going to talk about that rift between the two, and then I'll segue into a biblical discussion on being cautious about what it is we say and being determined to have what we say be encouraging. I hope you'll enjoy it. Here's that segment from January 25th of this year. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. We are truly honored. Wouldn't you say, Zach, truly honored that you have chosen to take a few minutes with us. Join us here on the Beyond the Game program recording from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. We're talking sports from a faith-based point of view, giving you a perspective that we're pretty confident you're not going to find elsewhere. If you missed it this past week, Chicago Cubs third baseman Chris Bryant was being interviewed by former Cubs pitcher Ryan Dempster at the team's annual fan convention. Last weekend, they were on stage. The stage sort of resembled that of a talk show picture, Tonight Show, or something along those lines. And because it was the Cubs Fan Fest, obviously this the, the place was filled with Cubs fans. You know Dempster's personality. He's a fun-loving guy, a, a bit of a jokester. So things are a little loose. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Dempster, I forget who, who they were talking about, he and Chris Bryant, but Bryant says that refers to the guy as a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals. And once the fans hear a just any mention of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. he starts, changes gear a little bit. I, I don't know that he completely changes gear, but he starts pandering to the crowd. He starts playing to the crowd because obviously the Cardinals are the Cubs' biggest rival. Oh, yeah. So when the, the crowd reacts, he starts pandering to the crowd, and he says that why would anybody want to play in St. Louis? It's boring. Let me just play a few seconds of this clip for you, and, and you can judge for yourself if he's actually attacking St. Louis as a city or if he's just having fun with Cub fans. He's a big Cardinals fan, so but he, yeah, boo. Yeah, he was he was trying to work the magic on Bryce. Yeah, but did he have the Band-Aid on? Who would want to play in St. Louis? So yeah. boring. Yeah, <laughs> so right. boring. So I always boring. get asked, like, where do you like to play, where do you not like to play? And, ooh, St. Louis is on the – place i don't like to play (laughs) all right you're asking for trouble no doubt about it uh look maybe you could have not said that could have said something else but he's just having a bit of fun right it's among cubs fans nothing to take too serious well and that's unless you're of course cardinals catcher yadier malina uh he, he just takes this thing and he overreacts to it And he gets very personal when he responds to it by saying only stupid players and losers make fun of other cities. To me, it just seemed like a little back and forth, a little fun among rival fan bases. Mm -hmm. Molina obviously isn't playing it that way. So considering that Bryant's just pandering to the crowd, you'd think that, well, maybe after a couple of days or or a day or two, whatever it is, uh, cooler heads would prevail. But apparently not. He was asked about it again, Molina was, and he doubled down the next day saying that it will carry into the season. I can't wait to get on the field. I mean, this guy needs to chill, right? It's so dumb. And and look, I get it. Maybe he's participating in the back and forth, but it just seems rather aggressive. Yeah. And he's got to have some sense of humor. You remember it was him that... Remember in the All-Star game, Nelson Cruz wants to take a picture during the game mm-hmm. with Joe West as the umpire. It was Molina that took the picture from the catcher's position. So it seems like he has some sense of humor, but obviously not here. He told MLB.com reporters, St. Louis is home. If anybody says something bad about my home, I'm going to be there for us. 
I said to the guys, we are like family. We have to stick together. We have to defend ourselves. We have to defend what? our ground. Yeah. Who, whoever says something about us, he continues, we are going to be there to defend us. Shut Defend nobody's, our ground. Nobody's attacking them. This is ridiculous. This is probably the most thin-skinned I can ever remember a major league player being in my lifetime. It, nobody's attacking you. It's Cubs players talking to Cubs fans at a Cubs event. They're not attacking you. It's a dumb joke. I get. Maybe. Maybe Molina may be making something of this to keep the tongue-in-cheek back-and-forth shots going between the rival fan bases, between the rival teams. But, man, it just seems a bit overly aggressive doesn't it bryant made some half serious comments that's all at a fan festival why is molina trying to make bulletin board stuff out of this and by the way if he or the cardinals need bulletin board material before the season even starts aren't you beaten already yeah maybe he's defensive maybe the place is boring how do i know i've only been there one time i've only ever driven through it on my way to more interesting cities <laughs> I, I, I don't remember it being boring, but what I remember is good food. There was plenty sure. of good food to have. Teammate Marcelo Zuna, if you haven't heard this, you're going to like this. He also took exception to the comments. He posted this statement on his social media. Get this. From outside, they speak and talk like tiger, but at the end, they're going to be like little cat. Who talks like this? And then he's got hashtag Ciro. C-E-R-O, respect for this stupid player. I don't know. Maybe Ciro is a Spanish word. I, I have no idea. Maybe the newspaper misspelled his quote here. Hashtag Ciro, respect for this stupid players. Yeah, I have no idea either, but I just heard that quote in my brain in an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. <laughs> That's what it yeah, sounds like. It, it, it fits, doesn't it? It just goes to show you. We need to be very careful with what we say. Listen, people take things out of context. They, they, they jump to conclusions, and it seems like maybe more so today they're just looking for a reason to get angry about something, something to protest. Sometimes it's just better to say as little as possible, stay out of trouble that way. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. That whole chapter, chapter 10 of Proverbs, man, that is just a good lesson in the benefits of the words of a righteous person. They are a well of life, verse 11 says. And certainly a kind and encouraging word is just that, a well of life. But sometimes the things we say get us into trouble. Certainly it seems to be the case for Chris Bryant. James chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 say, Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. Sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes somebody just jumps on something we say the way Yadier Molina is doing. Sometimes there are things that uh, we know we shouldn't say, but we just can't help ourselves, and we have to get it out, and we have to say, uh, get that last word in. And we end up with just a few small words creating this forest fire of controversy. Um, that's what our tongues can do. James chapter 3, verse 8 says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. It said that a woman once came to John Wesley and said that she knew what her talent was. I think my talent from God 
is to speak my mind. And Wesley is alleged to have responded, I don't think God would mind if you buried that talent. Listen, the point is we don't have to say everything that's on our mind. We don't have to say it. We should be committed to speaking only kind words, being an encourager, encouraging people, not tearing them down. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. And Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. God tells Christians to encourage each other. You know why? Because he knows we need it. We ought to encourage each other. For example, in John 16.33, Jesus tells us, You know what? In this world, you're going to have trouble. But I have overcome the world. And he tells us, he says this, so that we may have peace. John sixteen thirty three says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We need to be encouraged. This is a broken world we live in. So many things seem to drag us down into despair, seem to uh, just... You look, things don't turn out always the way we plan. Even our bodies, they break down in pain. Uh, things, sin just takes away our joy. Uh, it's a tough world to live in. Things don't just work out. And as a result, our perspectives darken our, we, we can even become cynical, can't we? Without encouragement, people feel useless. They feel unimportant, unloved, maybe even forgotten. And who better to lift the spirits of people, to be an encouragement to them, than those whose joy flows from everlasting springs, those whose sins have been forgiven. And of course, I'm talking about believers in Jesus Christ. God knows his people need to be reminded of his grace, and he calls us to encourage each other every day. I hope you'll challenge yourself to be that kind of encourager. Speak kindly. Let it be your encouraging speech that point someone towards the cross. Pray that God would make you an encourager. Ask him to give you a heart that loves others. Make it a daily discipline, in fact, intentionally trying to find somebody whose spirits you can lift and shine that light of Christ. Ask God to bring someone to your mind that maybe you can reach out to and encourage. And don't forget to encourage your pastor. Boy, I tell you, I think they need it the most. I hope God would use you to build a environment of encouragement throughout your church. Glad to have you with us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Well, there you have it, a highlight show put together from some of our segments from earlier this year. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you encouraged, and I hope you'll tune in again as we continue our conversations mixing both sports and faith. Remember that this radio program it only hits the airwaves thanks to the generous support of our listeners. It's because of your prayers and your financial gifts that make the Beyond the Game program possible. Please keep us in prayer. Please ask God to use this sports talk radio program to impact those who hear. And remember, you can have a part in keeping this radio ministry coming to you. Please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 